Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder? Just remember when you come up. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast, previewing the 2023 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. In order to do so, you can follow me on Twitter at BDNTrick, and my co-host is always on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, so, how did you like the Farmers? That I, I thoroughly enjoyed the tournament. Um, the golf was awesome to me, and DFS was almost really good. Yeah, it started really good, but the... The, the whole Friday thing just completely derailed any any chances that I had. Um, the Thursday thing, you mean? Well, Thursday, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second day of the tournament derailed me uh, with the with, when the wind picked up. Um, but otherwise, man, it, it, Tori is like I always I forget it every year, and I'll probably forget it next year. It's awesome to watch. It's just a great layout, great uh, place to watch professionals play golf and the winners 1300 pretty respectable um yeah i mean it was a great tournament from start to finish yeah what i loved about it besides the carnage on thursday was it like i laugh because there's a handful of like quote-unquote experts that talk about this stuff that throughout the week were like i hate tory pines it's such a boring course although i'm like how the heck do you think it's boring like what especially over the weekend like on friday when you saw a handful of guys go like four under and that was like the great round and other guys right. go five, six over. And then you see Rom on Sunday, shoot what five, six over. And then other like Keegan Bradley shot five. Like the fact that there's that kind of volatility between professional golfers on the same exact golf course, it's pretty darn awesome. We don't see that every week. So yeah, I mean, yeah. P- Palmer shot 82, Ben Ann shot 83 on, yeah. uh, on Saturday. Davis Thompson shoots 80. Uh, I mean, and then, yeah, and the winner, Max Homa, shoots six under and, and, and Keegan six under as well. So it was um, just if you're keeping Max, it play, it's not that bad of a, a time. But if you hit the ball, if you spray, if you're spraying it, I mean, and that's what we said going into last week when I like right. I said what I played and, I, and it probably it was two more weeks of growth since I've played there. If you missed a fairway, I don't care how good you are. It's going to eventually catch up with you in a right. very, very bad way. It was nasty. Like some of the shots guys would hit. I was just, I was blown away. Like how they put, but that's why they're pros, obviously. But then there was other shots they'd hit, and they'd have no chance. Like they were, they were even like just praying it would find the fairway so they could lay up and, and go the next route or something. So right. it was cool to see. I, I love the challenge of the course. The wind part sucked. Um, like technically, there was a wave advantage. They put up about three ish strokes, four strokes maybe. Uh, so it was a, a chunk. But I laughed because like we talked about it in the Discord. Like I, I made three lineups: one all, one all south north, one north south, one combined. My combined one went six to six, <laughs> and um, my all south went five to six. And the the worst part was is the they could have been really really good because I had Max Homa in the in the combined one, and I had Sungjae in the combined one. But uh, then I had like three guys that over the weekend combined for like twelve over par, so yeah. they didn't they did nothing. So yeah. it was just one of those nut punches where you get like a six to six, think things are gonna go well, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah, but um, I played I twenty. Yeah. I played twenty lineups and. If you guys are wondering why Rom didn't win, it's because I had twenty Rom lineups. 
Yeah, it was so. funny when I was messaging uh, Jesse on Thursday when Rom started to make his run. He's like, wow, I thought I jinxed him because he played. <laughs> I thought he was going to miss the cut, and then yeah. he had a hell of a back nine in the wind. Yeah, Fina was my one and done. He sneaks into the the, the weekend, and then Eesh. that Saturday he went just well, lethal. Th- but Friday then, like, on Friday. Friday, sorry. Friday <laughs> went lethal, yeah. Friday went lethal, like, what, 700 or something? Yeah, yeah he shot 700. And then a buddy of mine texts me and goes, so because he beats in the one and done too. He's like, So what do you think Fina's gonna do today? You know, I'm all, I'm expecting a sneaky, barely top ten finish by the time this is done because <laughs> this is what Tony does. And he's yeah. gonna I'm like, he could break the course record because it's Tony, but at the same time, like, yeah, he's gonna, you know, grind it, miss a lot of putts, and um, yeah, that's and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. That was Tony Fino in a nutshell. It's nice. So but it was it was um I loved watching that course. Uh, it was Me just too. it was awesome. The greens, like the it was a shot maker's golf course, like we talked about. Like Homa's irons into those par threes were just ridiculous. His, like his just, irons were on point, man. His approach game was insane golf shots. Yeah. Um he was hitting it really well. What did you think about them having him on that par five thirteenth? I think it was where he he had the earpiece in. What do you think about yeah, that? I'm glad I caught that. That was awesome, man. I mean, yeah. That was really cool. Um, different. Uh I'm glad that they're trying different things. CBS especially. I mean CBS has been one of the ones that that has golf that has been the most tilting to watch because of the insane amount of commercials that they have and and just bullshit that they talk about during the round. So to have that with no commercials, it, I mean, it was it was it was great. Did you see that they talked to Sam Ryder's mom coming down the fairway? Yeah, that was I interesting thought, too. I, I didn't see it, but I thought that was probably not a good idea. No, because she mentioned how she's glad she's here to see his first win. That was one of the last things she said. <laughs> and then literally the next thing cuts to him missing the green and chopping it out of the rough. And like, <laughs> I think that was right before he either saved par and then did the you know, double bogey, or that was a double bogey right after that. You've you got to keep this stuff to like Saturday, like the, like the third round. You can't have these walking interviews. Yeah, on the last day. On the last day, even if it's with the mom and she's – like it's a cool story. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool story. But yeah, make that on round three, like they did with Max. Max was round three. That's I mean, cool. everybody everybody knew what was gonna happen after Ryder opens up and, and has a huge lead going into the third round, shoots even par, fine, whatever. You just knew that he wasn't gonna win. I mean, yeah. that's just such a hard place to win in such a ridiculously good field. Like somebody was gonna chase him down or he was gonna fall in both. Well, and we talked we talked about her and other people did too. It's um no one like no one has gone wire to wire there since like Johnny Miller in like '82, mm. and so that was like a for him out of all people, and it's nothing right. against Sam Ryder, but for him to go wire to wire in it's that his first, field, he's never had a win exactly. Not to close. Her. We've talked right. about Fina forever. We talk about all these guys. It's tough to learn how to close it's, once you do, do the floodgates open. But right, it's different. just hard to win. Period. And yeah. when the pressure's on in golf, man, I mean, it's just different. And we, and we also said, you know, when you recapped like past events, the cream rises to the top at Farmers. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you saw all the names behind him. It's like, okay, one of these guys is coming. Like, one yeah. of them's coming. It's very simple. Who is it? We don't know. We like many said Rom, which was crazy because, um, you know, he was four and a half to one to start. But then uh, after that round one, he was 18 to one going yeah. into round two. So it's one of those things. If you, and then he almost made it worth every penny, all things said and done. And, uh, he did. So something to think about going forward with a guy like Rom because he's going to be low odds for quite a while, folks. So get get used to that show. But I loved it. It was great golf. It is going to be completely different than what we see this week, unfortunately. Uh, so let's get into the AT&T Pebble Beach program, the three-course rotation. So everyone gets to play 54 holes 
yes i said 54 holes um so you get to do that and much much more so uh why don't you give us some passive history yeah you got uh they play pebble spyglass and monterey peninsula i'm sure we'll talk about all three um but it's been that way they've played spyglass since 78 pebble obviously the the main course since 1947 and peninsula has been in there since 2010 so plenty of course history last year tom hogue uh, 19 under two shots over jordan spieth 2021 winner was daniel berger who hasn't played golf in forever which sucks yeah. but uh, well, 18 under. Real, real quick it's funny you yeah. mentioned that because even like mayo who's pretty in tune with all this stuff mm-hmm. he's asking where's burger like there's nothing on him anywhere like no one knows what's going on with daniel sucks. yeah it's i mean wild. He must be injured that's this the, the like, thing about injury. about golf in general like when you get injuries like nobody talks about him at all yep just so hope sorry. he doesn't go the way of anthony kim uh so 2021 daniel burger 18 under two shots over mcneely 2020 was nick taylor 19 shots or 19 under four shots over uh kevin streelman phil mickelson has won this five times uh, his fifth time was in 2019 19 under three shots over paul casey ted potter jr uh was a 2018 year spieth has won this in the past vaughn taylor who actually withdrew earlier today uh is also past winner snedeker walker that's pretty much all that really matters in this field and since this is going to be a quick show, I'm going to have some more fun here with you because you mentioned a couple names. Um, did you happen to see all the talk about Anthony Kim and Liv? Like how, I did. How, yeah. um, how much more likely would that be for you to watch Liv if Anthony Kim was there? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would tune in in two yeah. seconds. I don't care if yeah. he shot 20 over par. I would be watching Anthony Kim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's at this point, he's like a uh, – it's just like a kind of a, a legend. A legend, like a, yeah. That's it's a, a legend. Like it's like one of those like stories that no one remembers anymore because it's been so long. But it's like he has this aura around him. Like just yeah. show up. Like he legit could shoot bogey golf, and I would watch every hole they let me watch. I'm with you. I I don't know when his like because that insurance or yeah. whatever money that he got it was like couldn't play for ten years. I don't know if it was lifetime. I can't remember what it was. There was a, definitely a stipulation on years. Otherwise, he'd have to pay it back. But then again, what they're yeah. going to pay him. What well, that's what him, I'm saying. Like, you write, the like, check. write that in to, to his contract. <laughs> yeah. Like, you pay this back and they yeah. give me this much. So, I'd, that, I'd be a fan to watch that. That'd yeah. be pretty freaking awesome. I'm with you. Uh, the other thing, did you watch, um, I think it was on Saturday, round four, the Phil Mickelson tweeting throughout the entire round of golf? <laughs> I just saw his one tweet about uh, – Talking about fashion and uh, and yeah. Sam Ryder's uh, joggers, yeah, joggers, and 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 then somebody tweeted him. Uh, I think it was another pro golfer. I can't remember who it was about his the fucking stupid button ups that he was wearing yes. for a while. <laughs> and he's like, "See, I, 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 I wasn't a, I'm not a, you know, fashion expert." It's like, "Well, what are you talking about then?" Yeah. Like, but he, yeah, it, I, he's bizarre, dude. I don't yeah, he he said a lot of things like he's a. Uh, he said he could still win on the PGA Tour, especially majors, but he's can like reserve the fact that he'll never be on the Raider Cup team in the PGA Tour again. Like all these things, he, he was in his cups. I think it felt hmm. like it felt like he had that vino rolling, and he was yeah. just doing his thing. So that was interesting. And the other thing I meant to mention earlier, you mentioned Benny Ons eighty three. Did you see his tweet after Saturday? It was. I this did. Why, yeah. This is why I yeah. love Benny Ons. It's yeah. like sorry, I, I I tried my hardest to, to break eighty to break eighty, but on the bright side, Chick Fil A still open today. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> and then he was he was given his Chick Fil A uh, order to, to when they asked. I'm like, that's good. See, 
like that's the personality I enjoy from these guys. Right. Like Max, like we could have talked. I could have talked Homer forever because every time I look on Twitter, there's a new interview or a new something. Like, yeah. how do you not like Max Homer? I'm not saying many people don't, but like the dude is freaking so genuine and amazing. So yeah, you see like Benny on do things and these other guys. It was even Michael Kim on. I think it was Tuesday before the tournament started. He was asking the question we've been doing. He's all, "Would it be better for me to start on the north or the yeah, south?" Or like, that. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "There, he's even struggling with it." So we're not alone. Yeah, but I knew but, when he uh, said that, I was like, "There's no good answer." No, no. When the when the professional golfers yeah. like, you're just like, "Whoop!" There goes that one. Right. So yeah, it was it was fun. So I, I hope basically what I'm trying to get at, I'm hoping more of these guys start to use social media and stuff to like have fun with the fans. Cause that's another angle. It's okay. awesome to see them like, Hey, they're normal dudes too. They're just right. better at golf than all of us. <laughs> 100%. All right. Course history or course uh, info here. You mentioned pebble Monterey Peninsula spyglass. I'll keep it brief on spyglass and um, MPC um, spyglass par 72. It's about a little like seven, little over 7,000 yards. They're all small courses. Um, so the one thing with this course, like four or five holes are on the get, get the ocean view, the ocean w- uh, wind per se. The rest of it's all tree lines, and it's an uphill battle. Like it's the most, it's the slopiest of all of them. So it's the biggest grind. Um, and when conditions get really tough, it can get nasty because the winds can swirl inside the trees. So it's an interesting course. It's going to be like the toughest course out of the four, most likely, or out of the three, most likely. Not always. These guys are all good at their own things, but that'd be the one if you have to like pinpoint a struggle bus, that would be the one. MPC by far the easiest course. It's a par 71, but there's still four par fives because there's five par threes um, and it's below 7,000 yards. So this is the course you want to just target like crazy in your showdowns. You want them, and usually the big stars play, they usually go Monterey, Spyglass, Pebble. So just keep that in mind. It's not going to really affect you because they all play the same course, but it could. So very, very easy course. You want to get it. And I'm really curious to see what the course looks like, though, because when we had our floodings a couple of weeks ago, MPC got whacked hard. Like the, the ocean got so high, the ocean was on part of the golf course. Hmm. Um, it's apparently repaired because I've been wondering what's going on, and I've seen minimal reports that it's fine. I'd imagine it's still very soft because it's probably still a little wet. It's tough to dry it out that easily, but they had the funds to make things the best they can. And if they're playing on the, t- the course, it's playable. Let's put it that way. So Something to keep in mind. Maybe the rollout won't be as much in those areas as it would in other spots, but I don't think it's going to affect these guys too much. And then you got Pebble, the the gym of them all, as people know. It's a it's a, another par seventy two, uh, a little over seven thousand yards. You know, you got the par three seventh. That's awesome. The par five eighteenth. You have to go around the tree in the middle of the fairway. There's a ton of go to par the par five second hole, which is a gettable hole. They're all gettable holes. Was the bottom line. If it's not too windy. Um, the weather is something to keep an eye on. It doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. It's going to be very cold this week. That's the one thing. It's going to be very cold. Like mid-60s would be amazing if it gets there. It's going to be very cold. It's been freezing here in the morning. Um, And I mean like ice on my truck in the morning. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. And then there's rumors of a chance of rain Thursday night into early Friday. So you might get a little moisture there. And then Sunday's got scattered showers, but that doesn't matter because you hope to get to Sunday. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. And the, like the biggest defense, like I kind of hinted at, it's the wind. I don't see it being too windy unless that storm really comes in hard. So maybe late Thursday's round could get quite windy. Something to keep an eye on, though, because they haven't mentioned a lot of wind with this, and it's an overnight storm, so it might not affect the round. So I wouldn't go crazy yet on that, but something to keep an eye on as the storms can uh, change quickly off the coast here. Uh, the other thing I'll mention that you'll hear a lot, these greens are super small. 
Pebbles like extremely small, smallest on tour. Spyglass and MPC are small. They're not as small as Pebble. They're all POA. But with the small part here, it's your it's your approach game because you're not most holes are less than driver. You want to hit it to a certain spot, approach shot in with your irons, and you want to hit the greens because otherwise you got to have a heck of a short game to just say par, and pars aren't always the best thing here. So uh, you want to have a good approach game, and I think opportunities gained would be something to look at on your models. So, uh, Jesse, what stats are you looking for here and what could be a long six-and-a-half to seven-hour round of golf each day? <laughs> yeah, uh, you got strokes gained, uh, pro-ams, um, greens and regulation, you know, accuracy off the tee more so than distance, birdie percentage because, you know, the, the scores are going to get into the, the high teens. Uh, and then plenty of course history. Yep. Including course putting history. because yep. they're POA. Yep. And some people like POA, some people don't like POA. Like Homa grew up, grew up on POA, so mm-hmm. he understands it and plays better, plays okay on it. Some people get tilted and, you know, go off the deep end like Billy Ho. Yep, like Billy Ho. That's why we don't see him out here very often. Um, and the thing with the POA, especially in these long, long rounds, that's going to change a lot throughout the day. Oh yeah, that, and and they're already going to be slower than usual because greens because they're pro ams. So you put it slower than usual greens plus the growth throughout the day. Whew, those later those later holes are going to be very entertaining. Let's just put right. it that way uh, out there. So keep that in mind. I like one of the things Jesse really mentioned. There's, I think driving accuracy, fairway gains, whichever one you want to use, is very important this week because you don't again you don't have to be a bomber. That's why guys like Joel Dahman do very well here. He finds fairways, and then it just allows everything to open up in a big, big way. So we'll hit on that and more throughout this podcast. Let's get into it, Jesse. DK plays for the week. We have four guys over 10K. Jordan Spieth, 10-6. Victor Hovland, 10-3. Matty Fitzpatrick, 10-1. Tom Hoagie, 10,000, the defending champion. Tom Hoagie at 10,000. So it's a very top-heavy tournament, Jesse. So how do you differentiate these four? Yeah, I mean, Spieth. Never missed a cut here, finished second, uh, as one in the past. Hovland, uh, two for two and made cuts. He hasn't played here since 20 um, and, and hasn't really been around much this year. He played the Tournament of Champions, and that's it so far this year on the PGA Tour. Um, I like Fitzpatrick at 10-1. You know, three three consecutive made cuts at Pebble, which does include the, the U.S. Open in 2019. Um, but last year finished sixth here. Uh, back-to-back top sevens for him, um, three straight top 15s, playing really solid golf. And it just, to me, this seems like a Fitzpatrick kind of golf course. You just hit it in the fairway and then, you know, try to hit it close. And hopefully the the, the putters are the putters working halfway decent. Yeah, I'm with you. Spieth's probably the play, but he's going to be, should be uber chalk. So I love Fitzpatrick as well. I'm with you on that uh, 10-1. He's great off the tee. His, his par four score, and these are shorter par fours, very, very good in this field. And we just know he can grind it out to, and play well. Don't mind Hoagie either if he comes in lower owned. Might be a little more popular, but at that price, he might not be. Is what I'm kind of curious to see. If he does come in low owned, I have no problem playing a $10,000 Tom Hoagie in this field. I'll say that much. Uh, he's like, he's fifth in my model. He's first in approach in this field, sixth in proximity, 125 to 150, and first in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds. So I think because uh, he's one of the better iron players out there, especially in these ranges. So it'd be a Fitzpatrick and Hoagie for me uh, when uh, depending on ownership when we take a look at that. $9,000 range, you got Seamus Power, who was 20. He had the uh, record for the first two rounds of this tournament. And then on the easiest course, MPC shot three over 
last year. So that was entertaining. Uh, Powers 98, Putnam 97, McNeely 96, Rose 95, Cooch 94, McCarthy 92, Mitchell 91, Dahman 9000. Already starting to see the pricing being fun here, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, it just goes straight off a cliff here. I mean, I think those top three, Power, Putnam, and McNeely, are are definitely playable. I, I think that all three will be popular. I like McNeely myself of the three. Um, he's actually been playing this year. He's, you know, 31st uh, at the Farmers, 10th over in Hawaii at the Sony – or, I'm sorry, 7th over in Hawaii at the Sony. And three straight made cuts for him at this event, including two uh, top fives, um, 2021 and 2020. So – he, he likes it all right. Uh, and then Justin Rose, I mean, course history is good, four for four if you include the U.S. Open, um, and four straight made cuts for him on tour. Kuchar, for some reason, my model likes him quite a bit. <clears throat> I'm guessing he just played so good at the Sony Open. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much all you, you can wait if you're you know going recent on your bias there uh, as far as the, the stats go. Uh, he did miss the cut here last year, but before that made four consecutive cuts. Um, at this tournament and then McCarthy at 9,200 finished 12th here last year coming off a couple made cuts um, not really great finishes this year but has made you know both cuts that he's played this year yeah it's a good it's a good range like I don't mind power at all Putnam and McNeely up top for me is who I really like Putnam um, we know he's one of the better putters he's fifth in this field in putting he's third around the green here um, he scores DK points he's consistent you mentioned uh, recent form when it comes to Putnam, just even tournament history, 6th, 55th, 38th, the last three years, and then overall 36th the Amex, 4th of the Sony, and then even finished well in the fall swing. So I like Putnam quite a bit. McNeely is going to be super popular and for good reason. He's actually first in this field over the last 24 rounds in putting, which is very funny. 10th in the short par fours because he plays the short par four as well. He plays Poa phenomenally. He plays courses with small greens very well. Like it's a thing with uh, McNeely. It's like a type for him. So should be very popular and for good reason, so I don't mind him at 96. Rose is one I'm going to keep my eye on because I think he might come in lower owned because I have him ranked 14th in my model too. Um, he's eighth in DK scoring over the last 24 rounds, which can be big because, again, when it's a three-round cut, even some five or sixes won't be bad if your guys can go birdie festing and just miss the cut or something. So Rose is interesting for me. And the other two I'll mention, I love Joel Dahman. I think a lot of people are, unfortunately. He's 9K. He's ninth in my model. He's fifth in good drives, like I mentioned. Fifth in opportunities gained. Fourth in DK points. He's 19th in proximity. So he's top 20 in most things I'm looking at. He just, uh, him and his wife just had their first baby. That's why he pulled out of the farmers. So if you want to take that baby swag, you know, Homa did it a few months outside of having the, the child. But uh, that's why Domin pulled out of the, the recent tournament he was in. I don't know if it's farmers or Amex, one of the two. Um, just had their their little like, son. So, uh, and he's played very well here. He's a cut machine at this tournament, uh, 6th, 60th, 14th over the last three years. So, Dahman's a guy like a lot at 9K. The potential um, leverage play in this range, though, I will mention Keith Mitchell. And this is a guy, he's always a GPP only guy, but it's T12 miscut, T32 miscut, T47 at this event. But he's gained over 10 strokes total in those five events, even with the miscuts. So when he's on, he's really on is what I'm trying to say. 22nd at the Amex, uh, miscut at the Sony. It's just what Keith Mitchell does. He's ninth at Houston. He can go super low, and you wouldn't be shocked if he like contends here. You wouldn't be shocked if he missed a cut here. This is Keith Mitchell in a nutshell. But that's what makes him a really good GPP play in this range. He's first off the tee in the last 24 rounds in this field, eighth in par five scoring. It's just can he putt because he's 114th in putting. That's always the thing with Keith Mitchell. Can he putt? So um, makes for an interesting uh, tournament play at 9100 bucks. 
8K, we've got Pendrith, Dietrich, Smalley, Griffin, Kiz is back. Burmeester, Moore, Lipsky, Molinax, Nick Taylor, and your boy, EVR. EVR. This, is a, this is actually a better range almost to me than the 9K range. A little bit. Not always, but a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's sketch here. Thomas Dietrich, uh, 8,800. He's never played here, but has been playing very well this year. Um, played the Farmers, finished 37th, 26th at the American Express, and hasn't missed a cut in a long time, uh, whether that be on the European Tour or the um, the PGA Tour. Alex Smalley at 8,700. He did miss the cut here last year, but it's coming off a couple of made cuts in a row on tour. Ben Griffin, uh, been playing him quite, you know, I played him last week. Um, and he finished 31st, and then... His, week, his weekend crushed me. Yeah, the the, the 77 on, on Friday was... Yeah, was the bad round. Um, but, uh, you know, he hasn't missed a cut since the the fortnight back in uh, September, just playing really solid golf right now. Taylor Moore at 8,300. He finished 16th here last year, coming off an 11th place finish last week. And then, yeah, EVR. So I think I, I mentioned him at the American Express. That's where it was. He finished, yep. he was 6,700 there, finished tied sixth, scored 122 DraftKings points, which was 74 above his expected. <laughs> DraftKings points at that price. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll play EVR this week for sure. Um, I don't know that that will be. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's tough to say. I guess whether or not he'll be popular. What do you think? He comes in low owned a lot. It feels like people yeah. just aren't into him. And I think with some of the names around him, I'm, I, I checked him off just to keep him on my list because I'm with you. I think if he comes in low owned. I guess it's a tournament where I'm looking for just give me boom or bust. Like, let's go. And he has the boom and the bust very well established. So, yeah. I'm with you on EVR. Uh, for me, Dietrich is one of my favorite plays. I, I use him almost every week now just because he's, he can birdie him a bunch. Like, 16th in DK scoring, 19th in the short par fours over the last 24 rounds. Big, big fan of Dietrich. Alex Smalley, I'll go right back to. Second in my Molly, sixth in par five scoring. Second in the shorter par fours, fifth in DK scoring. Um, I don't think he's ever played here before. He hasn't, no. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he did last year. One, yeah, he missed, he the, missed cut. the cut. Missed the cut. That's right. That's what he missed the cut last year. But, you know, he's coming in with the 37th, the 22nd, missed cut the Sony, but finished the fall swing in a big, big way. So, like him, Ben Griffin's rated out. He's tied for second in the Smalley in my model. So, I love Ben Griffin. I think he'll be kind of popular, actually, after recent performances, but I don't mind him. Uh, Dean Burmeester, I will go right back to as well. He's first off the tee, sixth in par five scoring. You just got to hope his approach game is okay. Cause that's the one that's like it's a coin toss with him right now. But if you look at his recent form, 37th of the Farmers, 54th of the Amex. At the Amex, I think he was close to leading after round one of that one. So, like, the easy courses he can pick apart. Just uh, the other ones can be a little tricky. So, uh, I think he's a decent tournament play. Uh, Lipsky, he's fourth in my model. Seventh in good drive, sixth in opportunities gained. He'd be on the radar like your EVR call. Uh, there's a lot of GPP players here. That's all I'm going to say. Because, like, Taylor Moore, he's been struggling. Um, the one that I have circled that I want to really dig in on, though, so I'm going to mention him now, is Trey Molinex, 8100 bucks. He's fourth in opportunities gain here. We look at course history, 28th last year, 22nd in 19, 47th in 2018. So three straight made cuts. But 31st of the Farmers was his first event since the century where he uh, finished 28th. We know the fall swing was great for Trey Molinex. Um he was playing so well in the fall swing. He was almost hitting the 10 K range at times. So this is one of those guys, I think for tournaments at 8,100 bucks with the course history and even the way he finished in the fall swing, maybe we're getting a different guy this year. I'll take a chance on that with Trey. Yeah. I'd second that. 
So I think he, out of like all the weird pricings, he's one that in this field I thought should have been more than 81. So I'll take my gambles because Lipsky, I've heard his name everywhere, and he's fourth in my model because he's really good. And Nick Taylor will be popular if he's won here before. So Molinex and EVR might get a little uh, ownership leverage in that yep. range. 75 to 79, you got Todd Stallings, Riley, Shelton, Hardy, Simpson, Gordon, Griffin, Kim, Kitayama, Knox, Palmer, and that's it. Who do you like here? Uh, Nick Hardy, 7700 bucks. Um, he, he has missed two straight cuts at this event, has made two straight cuts on tour. Lonto? Um, he brought it last uh, week. I wonder how popular he'll be. Um, I know, you know probably because of last week, pretty popular. Yeah, he finished 37th last week, uh, has made the last two cuts at this event that he's played, finished 16th last year, 9th in 2020, missed a cut in 2018. Um, but uh, I feel like, you know, obviously he's had some success here. So at 76, I think worth a shot there. Will Gordon, you know, he finished 21st here last year. He's coming off two straight missed cuts. Um, he shot 76 on uh, the second day last week, yep. you know, probably yep. win related. So yep. I'd be all right going back to him. And I, that's about it. Like SH Kim, maybe. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I don't. Gordon tore up the north course. I believe it was and sucked on the south course the second day. So I will go right back to Will Gordon. Uh, he's sixth in my model, third off the tee, tenth in par five scoring, seventh in the short par four, sixth in DK, you know, top 20 in almost every other main category I'm looking at this week. I'll go right back to Will Gordon on it. What could be a uh, more of a corn fairy feel to it and all things considered, the strength of the field. So, yeah, Will Gordon at 76 I like. Um, Scott Stallings is interesting to me because we saw how well he was playing at a point last year, uh, and it's kind of uh, stumbled a bit to say it nicely. He missed the cut at the Farmers. That's his first event, Century 25th. He's kind of been slow playing it this year. And when you look at this event, missed cut last year, 30th, missed cut third, seventh. So when he makes the cut, plays pretty darn good. He's 7,900 bucks. So Stallings would be a guy I'd look at. Um, other than that, like Restle, Rusty Knox is always good on these short approach courses. Like he's first in proximity, 10th in opportunities gained, ninth in good drive, second in approach. Uh, he rates out really, really well in this field. The only other guy I will mention is Robbie Shelton. He's 15th in my model, ninth in approach, third around the green, ninth in proximity, 13 opportunities gained. A lot of things you want to see. And then um, it's first time playing here. But 67th last week, the Farmers, 6th at the Amex. If there's any correlation between tournaments like this, pretty darn close. And then, like, you know, missed the cut at the Sony, 10th at the RSM. So another guy that kind of has that boomer bust potential for a cheaper price tag. Shelton at 78 would be a guy I'd look at, too. Uh, 7K to 7,400 bucks. Who do you like? I think this will be popular, but been on um, 7,400 bucks. You know, obviously made the cut last week. Had a terrible uh, final round, but before that, you know, I'd made two consecutive cuts and has been playing really well. Finished 16th here in 2019 um, and then missed the cut in 2010. Bo Hostler at 7,400. Three straight May cuts, finished third here last year. He's coming off a missed cut last week, um, but, you know, he can get it going at any point. So I think he's I think he's playable. Uh, Justin Chu at uh, 73. Missed a cut here uh, in 2020 in his only start, but hasn't missed a cut on tour since the Sanderson's Farms first week of October. Danny Willett, uh, 12th here in 2019. It's just what what's going on with him, <laughs> you know, as far as his, his health. I don't know. Like he missed the cut at the American Express and then WD two consecutive tournaments. 
um, after some bad starts. But, I mean, especially if it's windy, I mean, yeah. Willett can play in the wind. We know that. Harry Hall at 7,100. Never played here. Um, he did miss the cut last week at the Farmers, uh, but had made two consecutive cuts before that. And that's all I got in this range. This is where you're going to hear a lot of stars and scrubs approaches, which makes sense in a field like this, especially in a three-day cut event. So this is where you can get different if you want to take chalk up top. I'll just put it that way because there's a lot of like definite tournament appeal. I love the Bohosser call, and he rates out horribly in my model. But if it gets windy at all, he's perfect. He's coming in, like you said, decent form outside of the, the missed cut last week. But, you know, Farmers almost has like a U.S. Open feel to it. It's like if they right. missed the cut, you kind of like, especially the way the wind was on day two, yeah, you kind of was... benefit from the doubt a little bit. Right. Um, so I, I kind of like, yeah, because we've seen how well he's played here. Like he was in the final pairing last year with Hoagie. They were tied for the lead. So he knows how to play this course if worst comes to worst. A couple other guys, though. Bramlett at 7400 bucks is someone I'm taking a liking to this week. Missed cut here last year, but 63rd and 18th the previous two years. Recent form, though, 13th last week at the Farmers, 54th the Amex, 54th at Sony, uh, made cut the RSM, 9th at Houston. She's made at least five straight cuts as far as I can see back here. I like that from Mr. Bramlett. Uh, you mentioned you, the number one ranked guy in my model. So my model might be broken. Let's put it this way. Matthew Neesmith, first in my model, he's fifth on par five scoring, fourth in good drives, seventh in DK scoring over the last 24 rounds, 65th, 16th, 11th the last three years here. So the course history is very, very strong, but he's coming off of three straight missed cuts. So pick your poison. Is it course history, which kind of weighs heavier for me, honestly, on this event than anything. So Neesmith at 73. Um, you know, Sig and Sue are interesting, but Lashley plays really well here. Very good driver. He's 10th in good drives. I like him at 7,300 bucks. Um, Ben Taylor rates out phenomenally. He's playing bad golf right now, but he rates out really well. Uh, so I have to look at that some more. Troy Merritt's a guy I like, a guy that rates out horribly, but at events like this shows up at 7,200 bucks. And then I'll throw Harry Higgs a bone at 71. I'm a fan of that. Um, 700 bucks for uh, Harry Higgs. And if you're desperate, I'd say Dylan Fratelli at 7K because he can go low with the best of them. But I'm not in love with much as we get farther. That's why I say him. He's 24th here last year because when you get in the 6K range, it gets really nasty. So if I can stay above that, Fratelli 37th at the Farmers, even a bunch of missed cups before that, though. So pick your poison. Speaking of that 6K range, Jesse, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, I've got two. Kevin Tway at 6900 bucks. Yep, yep. He's made one cut out of four uh, tries. They didn't miss the cut here last year, but has made three straight cuts on tour. And then Norlander, he's made three straight cuts at this event. Um, he hasn't played since 21, but he played 21, finished 26, 20th, 25th, and 20. And then 2017, he finished 39th. Uh, but it's coming off a missed cut last week, 39th week before missed cut, 15th missed cut, 24th missed cut. I mean, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I, I can't. Maybe you'll have some other guys, but I, I don't see Dylan Wu, maybe at 6,600, finished 59th here last year. Played great at the Amex on that Sunday. Yeah, I just don't. I can't click on any <laughs> other names, man. I'm just not going to be in this range. Yeah, if you want to go superstars and scrubs, I have Kevin Tway. I liked him last week. like him again this week. Uh, Eric Cole, 32nd by model. He's fourth in par fives or last 24 rounds. Really solid putter. We look at uh, recent form for Mr. Cole. Missed cut last week of the Farmers at 36, 61st, 39th, 35th. It's 6,800 bucks. It's pretty darn solid, all things considered. I had Norlander, a lot of it because of that course history here. Cam Percy ranks 19th because he plays short ocean courses very well. He's second in good drives, 11th in short 
par fours, 14th in par five scoring, 22nd in DK scoring. That's what you would love to see in this price range of 67. Missed cut last year, 21st the year before. So if he doesn't make the cut, he might give you a little something. It's dicey. Like I usually play him in those alt events down in like the Caribbean. So yeah, this, this kind of feels like an alt event, honestly. So give me Percy at 67. Um, but a couple guys I actually do kind of like down here is Vincent Norman at $6,600. Uh, he's coming in with uh, 44th last week, 54th the week before. You're going to hear Tano Goya's name mentioned a lot. He was in the final group going into round three. What did he, he shoot seven on? Seven over, seven <laughs> over on Saturday. Great clothes, though, man. That guy's got style. I'll give him that much. Way better style than I'll ever have. The, uh, but 53rd last week, 26th the week before. So he'll give you something to maybe take a liking to. And then the only other guys I had mentioned here was Chris Stroud, who he's fifth at the RSM. It's mainly a tournament history thing in this range. You know, 49th miscut, uh, 10th, 35th, if you need it. Um, that's like it's tough down here. You can make arguments for guys if you want, like Tyson Alexander's down here, who's been massive boomer bust. Uh, Andrew Landry's had his moments, but he's playing horrible golf right now. You mentioned Dylan Wu. Um, there's dudes down here, and you will not be surprised when they show up near the top of the leaderboard throughout the weekend. It's gonna right. happen, but um, it's tough to make like a, a valid argument outside of like they do this one thing really well, and I hope the rest clicks, which might be all you need. So uh, just keep that in mind. There's guys down there that you will definitely see towards the top. All right, let's recap things real quick here. At 10K and above, Jesse, who you got? Fitzpatrick. I like that a lot. I'll go Hoagie just to be different, but I like that Fitz call quite a bit. Uh, 9K, who do you got? McNeely. I'll go Joel Dahman. Give me that baby swag. Uh, 8K. Dietrich. Yeah, this one's good. Dietrich would be the best. I'll go Alex Smalley. He's second by model, so trust it, right? Uh, <laughs> 75 to 79. Um, L- Lonto, Griffin? I'll go Will Gordon. Uh, 7K to 74. This is a kind of a pivot off of what I suspect will be a, a little bit more of a chalk you've been on, uh, Bo Hostler. Yeah, I like the Bo call a lot, especially because – a lot of people use, like I use Fancy National, I use Fancy Labs. A lot of people use what I use. And a lot of people use similar stuff targets that I'm using, not the same. So the model will be different. But when it shows a lot of red in his model right now, that'll, <laughs> that'll steer ownership away in a big, big way. So that is interesting to me. But uh, I'll go with uh, Matthew Neesmith at 7,300. And then if you got to go 6K, where are you going? Clay. I will go with Vincent Norman. At sixty six hundred bucks, just go full YOLO with Vincent Norman. All right, on events like this, we do not condone cash play. We do not condone it because it's a three cut event. Plus, it's just absolute garbage. So I would steer clear of that. But in a tournament, Jesse, who are three guys you're starting with? Dietrich Hostler, Van Ruyen. That allows you to do a lot too. I yeah, like it that. gives uh, eighty six hundred left. I'm, I'm going to be pretty balanced this week. I'm not. Yeah, pretty much what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my three lineups in the Pat Mayo. It'll be a Stars and Scrub, and then it'll probably be two really balanced lineups. That'll be pretty much what it is. And so I'll start with Dahman, Dietrich, and Smalley. Still like doesn't make you go too far down. Um, and I like that start right there and in a big way. None of us talked about kids, by the way. That was interesting. Just He hasn't that. played any, has he? I know. That's what I'm nervous. Like, perfect courses for him. There's no doubt about it, but he's just not playing. And when he is playing, he's like a – yeah, that's, it's a tough one. I hope he wins. I'd love to see kids back in the leaderboard, but it's yeah. tough. All right, let's look at the DK Sportsbook, and it's funny. I, I put this up like a half hour before the show, 
and Spieth was plus 1,000. He's up to 1,100. Fitz has moved up to plus 1,100. So they're tied for the most expensive with Hovland at 1,200. I can't pay for any of those guys at that price. Um, maybe, Fitz, maybe, maybe Fitz, but I'd rather not. So uh, what do you like in here? And one thing I would say is if you like a guy that's playing Pebble or, or Pebble or Spyglass day one, maybe wait. Yeah. Would be my assumption. Because if guys go super low on MPC and these guys don't go as low, you might get a better number. Just maybe. Could be wrong, but maybe. I'm with so, you. Um, so what do you like right now, though? Uh, D-Tree's at 50, I think. Ooh, uh, that's, yeah. I like it. Um, FYD. Bo Hossler at 60, no. No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I like Bo Hossler on DK, but I that's a heck of a price for his DK if, price compared to that. <laughs> I feel like he should be a hundred. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Lonto at ninety. I mean, that's intriguing. You know, um, been on at ninety. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a tough. long shots will win here. That's yeah, that, and they have in the past. See Ted yeah. Potter Jr. Yeah, Von um, Taylor. Like <laughs> this is a joint. Yeah, for sure. Much different than last weekend. Right, that's for sure. Um. For me, I like dominant 40. I've all just something about that guy. It'd be f- so fitting if the weekend after home a dominant wins just because like they have that personality, which would be phenomenal between the two of them. Other than that, go other than that, though, if you go deep, like um whew, Nick Taylor 65. What in the world are we doing right now? Um EVR at 90. Yeah, I mean, I don't think EVR is gonna win, but yeah, okay, but well, then you can get it uh top. Whatever his top 20 is, it could be fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. Long shots. Now, now I got to pick somebody down here. It's just not appetizing at all. Mm-hmm. Kevin Tway, I don't think he's ready to win again. That's way down there. So, yeah, it's brutal. It's really brutal looking at this. The Lanto at 90, EVR at 90, Benny on at 90. Those would probably be the closest ones I could see being at least formidable if you're looking in this range. Otherwise, like Will Gordon, I love him, but 60 for Will's kind of tricky. Um, Stallings up to 55. That's funny. But uh, yeah, dominant 40, probably as low as I feel kind of comfortable. Keith Mitchell at 35, he's got that appeal as well. So, and you can get Justin Rose at 35 in this field, which is not too bad if he keeps clicking in the right direction. I'll say that. Right. All right. I've blabbered long enough about this golf tournament. Um, any final thoughts for the Pebble, which like we talked about before the show? Pebble's an amazing golf course. It is awesome to watch golf on when it's actual golf. That's the problem with this event. Like it's Sunday, I love watching it because most of the pro the AMs are gone, and it's just like there we are. Yeah. But up to that point, it's tough. We only get shot tracker on one course. It's just like it's pretty annoying. So, yeah. what are your thoughts? I'm just ready for uh, waste management. Waste management. Next week. Oh, I'm yeah. jacked up for waste management. Yeah. Like I wish DK pricing was out for that because I do like multiple shows if you wanted to. I love <laughs> the waste management. Me too. Um, that was the last thing I got to do before COVID happened. It was. I think I got COVID there. So it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Of, I'm not even kidding. Like I've never been that sick in my life, and I got back from that flight. So it was. <laughs> it was wild. Um, so yeah, it's uh, looking forward to that because it means waste management. Super Bowl Sunday, one of the best things of the year. Yep. I'll ask you. I'll ask you this just for fun. So we don't have to do it next week. Because we know how farmers they changed the day so it didn't go up against the title game. I like how the waste management finishes right into like kickoff. Yeah, I think it's a great way. It, it, it's just almost like up that one year and they had that playoff. Yeah, because yeah, it almost was like perfect, like right into the no, it's almost yes, hundred percent. It's it's and, the best, and then you don't have to watch twelve hours of freaking pregame. It's right, like it's the best thing. Okay, I just want to check because yes. a lot of people are saying they wish all football season was like last weekend, which I kind of get, but at the same time. Something about the party at the waste management going into the Super Bowl is pretty freaking awesome. I could see them doing that, like in the fall, maybe. Yeah, the crappy tournaments, right? <laughs> 100%. But I mean, in 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 the in January, the NFL is playing on Saturday and Sunday. 
yep. a lot of the weekends. So True. there's no way to get around it. And then I hate to break it to the PGA Tour, especially the fall swing. Like the SEC is going to beat you out in football too. I'm yeah, sorry. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just it's gonna, just it's, it's impossible just to avoid you. football. Football is going to win in this country. So they, maybe they need to go the corn ferry route and go Sunday through Wednesday or something. <laughs> I mean, that might be a bad idea. I'm I mean, not kidding. Just go Oppo. It's an option. Yeah, I nothing agree. else is on, nothing else going on. Throw out right. some golf. No, that would that would garner more interest in because it's, it's only the, the diehards like us that care, anyways. Yeah. But you could get more people to to care about it, you know, in the I fall. I bet you're, yeah. It's something I think they need to look into if they want to keep, I don't know, growing the game or whatever right. they want to call it. I think it, it's an option. So Just for the fall. Just for the fall swing. We're talking and about think, after, you know, once football season starts. Basically. And think about it. For the fall swings, for these smaller tournaments, like, if you want to get kids involved, get, like, first tee, like, it's a day field trip on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like, bring the kids to the course. Like, here you go. Like, think about the – hey, you're welcome, PGA. Right here. You can take the idea. I'm just throwing it out there to you. It's yours. Not, yeah, it's yours. Enjoy it for the kids. But we'll wrap it up there. Make sure you follow Jesse on Twitter at TFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Andrew. Good luck this week. If you have any questions, join us in the Discord. I dropped some actually something in there about some trends for this tournament right before we recorded, so go check those out. But uh, this was your always pressing PGA DFS preview of the 2023 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Catch you guys next time.